Listener Production. You are listening to episode 176 of the Howie Games Part B featuring Tim Zhu. All right, let's get on with Tim. First professional fight. I've written it down here. Zoran Cassidy. Yeah. Seventeenth of December, twenty sixteen, at the Sydney Cricket Ground. What was a purse? What did you get for winning the first professional fight? Two thousand. Two thousand bucks. Cash in a brown paper bag or in the bank account? <laughs> in a paper bag. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. <laughs> so he comes out. He's called the Taipan. Now at that stage, you're just introduced to Tim Zoo because I'm waiting to hear what they call you. Um, when do you get your nickname? Like the big penguin gave himself a nickname. What's your nickname as a fighter? No nickname. Well. This is what I thought. So I read somewhere about the soul something or other. What's that one? That's what's uh, it called? The soul, ta- the soul taker. But I haven't heard you introduced as that. Uh, that was uh, one of the the guys from Fox Sports, Ben oh. Damon. He, I, he he made it. He, I rang him before yeah, chatting with you today to yeah, find out a bit more about you. Yeah, so yeah, he's come with the soul taker. He came up with the soul taker. Are you are you going with that or not? No. Okay. So do you need to come up with one? Do we need to workshop one? Like no. you're just going to be Tim Zoo. OG Tim Zoo. OG. Why OG? <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just going to be original. Oh, okay. Just okay. original. OG. Righto. I think just... we need to workshop a name. <laughs> I'm not sure what you can be. Mm. <laughs> Something to do with the McFlurry we need to work in here. It might work. So that first pro fight for two grand, take me back to that night because, you know, it's every, everything you've done is a step up, but your first professional fight, um, there's no headgear, you're stepping out there, your name's on the line. What, what, what's that like? Yeah, it was different. It was a different feeling. Was it how? Yeah. Just the the first time getting punched. Yeah. I was like, okay. Okay. This is different to to the amateurs. How's it different? The 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 gloves. The physical. Yeah, the okay. gloves. But it was a good feeling. I had all my friends and family there. It was a it was just a it was a good night. How do you celebrate your your first win? Burgers, we went, we went at Burgers. <laughs> You're a Burgers man. <laughs> yeah, we went in at Burgers. <laughs> and your dad was there at that fight? Yeah. W- what's it like? It, w- it was uncomfortable because he was screaming too much. Was he? Yeah. So he, he hasn't traditionally been at a lot of your fights after that? He's never been since. So it's only only that one fight. And is yeah. that because you said, mate, it's too, it's too full on here? No, or it's just because where he's living? He's, he's got his own life now. Okay. Yeah. Deeply personal question I said to you at the start. Yeah. You don't want to answer stuff, don't. Yeah. And we'll yeah. cut it out. So yeah. if you don't want to answer this and it's not the right question. Yeah. Um, as a young fella, how old were you when your dad moved away from Australia and away from you? And, and yeah. what, what was that like? How old were you? Yeah, I was probably in year seven, okay. year eight. So I always come back to. Yeah. How that would affect my kids. My daughter's in year seven now. Yeah. Um, she'd be heartbroken. Yeah. Maybe ask her in three years and she'd be pumped about <laughs> it. But do you mind me asking you what, what was that like? Yeah, it was it was it was tough because um you I guess you always think that your your parents are it's like a fairy tale, they mm. love each other and then all of a sudden it's like completely gone the other way. And dad moves to the other side of the world, and that's the bit for me. Like, like a lot of people have their parents split up. Yeah, but they might be around the corner. Yeah, your old man's moved to Russia. So, yeah. like, that's yeah. But it, for me, it was it wasn't a big shock because I wasn't used to too much because he would always be in and out. After, as soon as he finished boxing in two thousand five, he was always in and out of Russia nonstop. So for me, it wasn't 
um, like a big shock. Do you go and visit in Russia? I used to. Right. Yeah, do, I used you, to go do, do you go there as a young fella for like six months or something? We went there. We went there to, to try and live there. Right. It was just a different life. Where, where in Russia? Moscow. Okay. Yeah, Moscow. But I went there for the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And I got off the plane and I thought, I'd got on in Melbourne, right? Yeah. And it was February. And it was like 38 degrees and I had thongs on. Yeah. And as we're coming into land, I thought the pilot said, it's, you're welcome to Moscow, it's minus 13. And I said, the next <laughs> minus 13? He's like, mate, he didn't say minus 13, he said minus 31. And wow. like, when the doors opened, it was like getting yeah, punched yeah, in the face. Yeah. Like, it was like getting punched yeah. in the face by- it's like a slap. Yeah, like a slap in the, what I'd imagine getting <laughs> smacked by you. So how was it as a young fellow all of a sudden going to Moscow? Like, what are your memories of that? Like, we, great life experience. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, we went to a Russian school. Right. Yeah. Do you, we, you obviously speak Russian. Yeah, fluent. So you speak it at home. Read, write. Well, I speak it with my grandparents. Okay. So yeah. how how would you say in Russian? I'm Tim Zhu, and my favorite podcast is the Howie Games. <laughs> how would you say that in Russian? Меня зовут Тим Зю, и мой самый любимый подкаст это Howie Games. Nice, brother, nice. So you go to your Russian school. How was it? You're the new kid. I've been the new kid at a lot of schools, but with the same language. How's that? It was was, um, different because I wasn't the new kid, just the new kid. It was, um, I was the Kostrzyzu's son. So they know your dad? Everyone knows. Is it? Tell me about that. Tell me about that. It It was a shock, you know. In Australia here, we're... Everyone's the same, gets treated the same way, you know. There it was different. We had drivers. Me and my brother had our own, like, driver 24-7. Nice. Um, at school, we get treated differently. We didn't have to do this. We didn't have to do that. Um, it was just, it was a different life. And I remember when we first came back, we're like, we didn't have many, we didn't have any friends. You know, we used to come back home. The weather was completely crap. It was cold all the time, snowing, and yeah. you don't see the sun. Uh, you live in apartment complexes, and just the life was just just not you not not something we're used to. Uh, I guess there was luxurious parts in terms of having drivers and this and that. But for us, when we came back home and just going to with friends. Catching a bus, uh, just just catching a bus to 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 the cinemas, um, and just hanging out and talking the language that we were used to, mm. was the the best thing. I just remember that feeling. I was like, you know what? I'm. I told my mum, I'm like, well, we can't go back. Okay? But it'd be nice if you could have brought the driver back. <laughs> yeah, right. It wasn't. No. Right. Yeah, we we didn't. We didn't want that. Right. You just wanted to be normal. We wanted to be normal. We didn't want that life. Huh. So, so how? Because we weren't brought up with that life. That life was was never for us in Australia. In Australia, we were, we were not brought up with this type no. of stuff. We're not we're not used to drivers. You don't hear about that type mm. of stuff or bodyguards and and having special privileges. Where we're all we're all the same in in Australia. So your your dad was still big time in Russia. Yeah, the the, the Russians they they treat you. They treat you differently when you when you've become an icon of the sport. So you go through your fights. You get to Jeff Horn in fight sixteen. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier on. 
we'll get to how you promote fights and, and what's involved. And I think you're going to have to stick with the earring when you really want to promote those no. fights. Oh, well, the earring's coming <laughs> off, man. <laughs> well, this might be the only time anyone sees it. <laughs> so when a fighter says, like Jeff Horn, I've done a podcast with him, you know, world champion. So so he's big time. So he he, he lifts up your profile as well. When, when he says stuff like Tim only got a fight because of his last name, what if a duck's back or does it piss you off? No, no, it didn't really bother me. I was I sort of got used to it because everyone every one of my opponents has said the same thing. Have they? Yeah. Every one of my opponents. You know, you think you're just because your dad is this, you, you, that doesn't mean that you'll lose. All right, no worries, you know. What what, what, what can I say? What what happens to your profile after you beat Jeff Horn? Um, it skyrocketed. Tell me what it's like going from no one knowing who you are to all of a sudden people start knowing who you are, coming up to you. It's a good feeling because people, um, because it's uh, the support I get and people, actually before the fight I had a lot of support. Did you? Yeah, people people really didn't like Jeff Horn for some reason. Right. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had this, yeah, I had a lot of people just saying, oh, can you please, please beat him, please right. beat him. He's a really nice dude. Yeah, he's a top bloke. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that's how boxing is, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it did lift my profile and um, I was able to just keep the momentum rolling and just keep fighting, um, which was good. And I guess with boxing, it's just keep the, the profile keeps building up, up. Keeps getting higher and higher. So how much um, – you went to school at – is it Newington? I finished at Newington, Newington. Yeah. So this is um, – for people that aren't from Sydney, this is a – like you've, you've had a wonderful education. Yeah. Um, you're obviously a very intelligent young man. How much have you enmeshed yourself in the business of what you are and what you do? Um, before I didn't, but now I am. Why and in what way? Uh, because, because before you answer that, the number of boxers from the biggest of all, Tyson, who made millions and lost millions, there are stories of boxers throughout history that have made a lot of money for other people and yeah. ended up with nothing for themselves, yeah. aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, money does play a role as well, of course. You know, you want to you wanna maximize because we, we got this window of opportunity to make as much as we possibly can. A hundred percent. So we gotta we got to make the most of it. Um, and back in the days I used to think, um, I used to think, I used to, I used to read comments and used to see what people used to say. If I social say, media comments? Yeah, or, social okay. media comments. Yep. Um, and some are good, some are bad, but yeah, it was just for me, the, the flip switched where I stopped caring because everyone's got their own opinion. And um, it's funny, you can release anything in the media and whatever creates a headline, people just go at it. They do. Go at it. I can go say something tomorrow now and it can completely create a headline. So now I just have fun with it, you know, and I understand the, the, the boxing part, the entertainment part. It's all about creating headlines. So, um just roll with the punches, I guess. Well, it is, isn't it? Because 
as a sports broadcaster, I love the entertainers, but I, I commentate on cricket and footy. But whether a batsman makes 100 in an hour or two days, it doesn't really affect his pay packet. Mm. But you could be the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. Mm. But if you've got no sizzle mm. and you don't talk up a game, yeah. you don't get paid. Yeah, of course. It's all And, and it's all about creating an image and... People, people follow. Look at Jake Paul, for example. Yeah, oh, he's the best, the best marketer in the world. So this is a, a, a YouTube fighting, YouTube fighting, but he's an actual boxer. Now. Yeah, he's proved himself, and he's an actual boxer, and he's making an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah. So what? And I used to be, for me, I used to not be, not not show off, but like I used to hide everything. If you buy yourself a nice watch, you used to. Hide it, don't show it, don't show it to people. People will get jealous. Yeah. But now for me, it's like, why not? If you work hard and you and you dedicate yourself so much to something, why not? I couldn't agree more, Tim. Why not? I could not agree more. No, <laughs> and, I seriously. And Jake Paul does it, you know. Yeah, he does. And he shows it, you know, through hard work and through what he does and how he promotes himself and that lifestyle that he shows. People want to live it and people want to follow it and, and it's, that's what keeps people interested. And with boxing, it's a, it's a, it's like a TV show. People want to know what's next, what's next, yeah. what's next, what's happening, what's, what's, what's going on. And it's all about just portraying that, that story of, of yours that you're living through. So you fully understand that you need to promote yourself yeah, because it will have an effect on the pay-per-view, which has an effect on your bottom line. Yeah, yeah of course. So do you do you get yourself involved in the fight negotiations? Are you across what's happening and not about what you're getting paid, but the percentages? And my manager deals with all that. Okay. My manager Glenn deals with the whole business side of things. Are you across it, or do you just leave it to him? No, I, I leave it to him. I've okay. got full trust in him, and we discuss a lot of things. So he he talks to me. Um, about it all and what's the best option and we get different opinions and, and everything um, and he gets the best the best possible deal for me and squeezes everything out that we can possibly get more of Tim in a moment be fair to say we've had our fair share of boxers on the show and sports commentators combine the two combine the two boxing and commentating and that is episode 137 with the big daddy of calling in the fight caper his name is Colonel Bob Sheridan. Bob is a larger-than-life character who called one of the biggest fights in the history of the world, the so-called rumble in the jungle between Ali and Frazier, live from Kinshasa, Zaire. Here's how I open the fight. From President Mobutu Stadium in Kinshasa, Zaire, Don King Productions presents the heavyweight championship of the world, Muhammad Ali versus the champion... George Foreman. What a fight this will be from the deepest, darkest part of Africa. Hello again, everybody. I'm the Colonel Bob Sheridan, and welcome to President Mobutu Stadium. And we welcome, of course, Don King and, of course, President Mobutu himself. Let's get ready to go. My co-commentator is David Frost. We've got Jim Brown, the football player, and we've got James Brown, the godfather of soul, working with us as well. So let's get started. And here's the entrance, and in comes 
Here comes Muhammad Ali, and they're going crazy here. And that's how he's got to open it up. So, so, that, that's outstanding. So James Brown, the godfather of soul, was there as oh, yeah, well. You don't have to worry about James Brown because he was blasted on uh, – uh, James was blasted on, I think, Quaaludes, I think, because he says to me at one stage, <laughs> okay. he says okay. to me, he says, man, Bob, he says, seems like you calling them punches before that happened. <laughs> so they shut down his microphone. And that, was, that was the end of him. That is the Colonel. If you missed it, go back and listen to the Colonel. He'll give you a laugh. That is episode 137. Let's get back to Tim. You mentioned you, you went to America for the first time. Terrell... Goucher. Yeah. Before we get to what happened in the fight, how how is the hype around a fight when you're fighting in America as opposed to Australia? Is it another step up of promotion? No. It's not? No, it wasn't. No limit. Hype it up much more much Do more they here, here in Australia? In Australia, yeah. Okay. So first round, you get knocked down. Yeah. So you get knocked down the first round of a fight. What's it feel like? Nothing. It was just uh, it was just a little. I was cold. I was cold, and I didn't come out as warm. And he just timed me perfectly. I wasn't hurt. Um, I think it was just my knee dropped, and then I got back up straight away. So it was it was it was barely even a knockdown. So you don't get stunned or. No. Nothing. What about when someone really does connect you with a big hit? What's the physical feeling? Like, got to get him back. You, well, yeah, <laughs> you got to hit him back. But like <laughs> in the cliches, like your, your your head spins or your ears ring, or does any of that actually happen or no? Never had that. I love it. <laughs> I'm Honestly, you I've never had that. What is to get tagged and you haven't had that? Yeah, never had that. So how do you prepare for that? How do you prepare for <laughs> it could happen in your next fight or in three fights down the track? Yeah. How can you prepare for an experience that you haven't had? Well, the the feeling is apparently that you lose, um, you get dizzy, you get you lose your balance. So what we do exercises such as rolling on the floor, doing um, rolls, forward rolls. Right. Uh, that way, when you get back up. You start shadow boxing straight away to dry. And your head spinning a bit. Yeah, well, your head spinning. Right. Just to be able to get your balance back straight away. It's a bit like, so when you close your eyes and you spin round and round and round yeah. to try and stand yeah. up. Yeah. So you do it rolling and then you're ready to go. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> All right. The other side of the business is deciding who to fight. Yeah. Because it's not like other sports where in in the rugby league the Rabbitohs played the Storm this week. Yeah. You you have to have a path. Navigated yeah. when you're you're at your level each fight. Yeah, who does that? Do you do you work matchmaker. with that? matchmaker? So tell me, who's the matchmaker? How does that work? And and how I don't do you really know? know. Right. I, don't, I don't really know. I don't really know who the matchmaker is. So how do you know you're fighting the bloke that you're ready to fight? We they look at the rankings. Yep. Who's up at the top, and you work your way up, and you just keep fighting people that are ranked above you until you get to a certain position where you're fighting for the number one spot. The other bit that fascinates me about what you do, and you can tell me this from experience, you get to the pre-fight uh, weigh-in. Yeah. And you're trying to sell tickets, yeah. obviously, and you're trying to sell pay-per-view. When when you look at a bloke, when you do that face-to-face thing, what I, I spoke to Volkanovsky about this, yeah. and he said the key is to look between their eyes. 
Yeah. So you don't get sucked into what's going on. What, what, what's, is it for real when you stare, like when you look this bloke you're going to fight in the eye yeah. from three centimetres away, what's it like? You can't tell much, man. We're just looking at each other in the eyes. Is there any advantage to be gained at that point? I think people that think that they've got an advantage yep. are the insecure ones. Right. Some people try to stare down and try... Everyone can act cool and tough, but when you get into into the fight, it's an art. It's literally an art. That's all it is. Tell me about the art. Hit and not get hit. Be smart. Be three steps ahead of your opponent. Be in the zone. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how much work goes into the choreography of being in the right place to hit him and not being in the right place for him to hit you? Um... Thousands and thousands of repetitions. Is it? Yeah. So it becomes just what you do. Yeah, everything becomes instinct. Everything. He throws a certain punch, and you, you, you just in instinct you you react a certain way, or you see his hand move a certain way. Instinct kicks in. You got to throw a certain punch. So you're seeing cues from what he's doing and reacting yeah. without thinking about it. Yeah. So take me into the, um, we'd call it in footy in the rooms, but an hour, half an hour, 15 minutes, what are you going through? Just before the fight? Yeah. Is there music playing? Are you drinking water? Are you, I don't know. What, what are you doing? Are you visualizing? Are you physically preparing? Just calming the mind. Calming the mind. Because you don't want to think too much because everything, again, when you get in the ring, everything's instinct. It's not becomes too much thinking anymore. It's just instinct. And like, what do you feel about the blokes you're about to step in a ring and fight? Like you said before, Horn's a good fella. He is. Like this Charlie, he said, is a different yeah. style. He, he's. Yeah. He, I have the same feeling towards every opponent before a fight. Which is that I've got no mercy. I really want to do damage. Right. Yeah. And do you contemplate them damaging you? No. Don't allow yourself? Just don't think it will happen? You you obviously crosses your mind, but no. What do you do when it crosses your mind? Try to block it out. Block it out. <laughs> yeah. One of my sparring partners said, he goes, when you look at you from the outside, it looks like you're so easy to hit. But when you actually get in there, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nightmare. It becomes a nightmare. Just on the physical side, I've only got a few more for you. Yeah. You're fighting, what, what is it? You've got to be under- 154 pounds. 154 pounds. What's, is that? 69.8. 69.8. Yeah. What are you in day-to-day life? 80. What are you a week before the fight? Uh, 75. What are you two days before weighing? 73. How do you lose the last four in 48 hours and not lose your power? Water. Just like sauna. How hard's that? Not fun. I spoke to Whitaker about this, yeah. and he said it got to the point where he started to lose his sight at various times. Yeah. Tell me about. Um, I had a bad experience in my last fight. Okay, tell me Went about that. A bit. Um, What's a bit? I guess uh, I lost a bit too much water, and the sauna wasn't good enough, and we we're running out of time. And yeah, I wasn't in, in a good state. Right. You feel. 
I feel like you're about to pass out. <laughs> you, yeah. I remember coming out, coming out, and I remember just getting in the shower and just sitting in cold water for like ten minutes, just letting it drip because you your head's just in a different dimension. But this fight will be different because I had a lot of stress going through my through that last fight and my body fat percentage was was quite high and, and everything was just a mess. I had a lot going on. But this one will be this one I'm already already feeling in shape. So then you, you go to the Wayne and you've got to come you know, under what you say it was sixty nine point eight. And is that like generally twenty four hours before you start? Yeah, a bit more, a bit more. So what what is the next twenty four hours when we were talking about hydration and and what you eat? What, what is that? How much you're putting on in yeah. that period, and what are you eating to prepare eight, to step in the ring? Eight, eight to nine kilos. You put on eight or nine kilos. Yeah. In the twenty four hours. Yeah. So what half of that's fluid? Fluid and a lot of carbs. And do you have like a meal you eat before? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, what do you go to before the fight? Yeah. Uh, I have a uh, toast with banana and honey. Right. Yeah, that's my meal. That's your go. Yeah. That's your go. If I sit down with you in 10 years' time and I say, Tim, congratulations on a bloody phenomenal career, what is that career? A lot of victories, but a lot of, I guess, I want to inspire a lot of people to to just to do what they want to do, to do what they love to do. You know, a lot of people get stuck in this in this uh, in this world, and they get lost. And my belief is, do what you love to do. You know what, Tim? That is the right answer. <laughs> that that is from someone that's a little bit older than you. Yeah. Um, and I don't say it to be a dick. If it's like money and success and fame, the answer you've just given is why I hope you have a tremendous amount of success. No, thank you. I really do because it's it's a great. An- How old are you? 27. It's a great answer for, yeah. for a man of 28 with the world at his feet. Yeah. We always finish this show along those lines um, for all the kids out there that listen with yeah. their mums and dads that want to be boxers or cricketers or scientists or yeah. rock stars. Yeah. What advice would you give them that you've learnt along the way from your journey um, to achieve success in their chosen field, mate? Consistency. And if you, if you want to do it, um, don't give up on it no matter what. And stay consistent. And you've been very open here. It's been quite a in-depth chat. What's it been like talking about yourself? <laughs> you usually don't talk too much about about no. my life. Actually, no, I know you don't. Yeah, so people, that's what I'm saying. People tell like? me usually the 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 questions are how you feeling and how you feeling for the fight. So yeah, I guess it's 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 nice to to actually let people know. You know, this is this is who I really am. I guess. <laughs> a man that wears an earring that doesn't really want to wear an earring. But you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. It might grow into me. So I'm sticking with it if I'm you. Yeah. Um, pleasure to meet you, mate. Appreciate Go it. Go well. Thank you. Well done, mate. Thank Ta. you. Good luck to Tim. May he become the champion of the world. Alrighty, that is the end of this episode. As I said, I need to get out in the surf. Enjoy the sunshine and the waves. Hope you are also having a wonderful day. Thanks to the team as always. Tommy, Darcy and MJ for getting it done. Do not forget, next week on the show, professional golfer, open champion Cam Smith joins us and he is an absolute beauty. Until then, peace and love. And we can do it. If we try, try, try 
If we try, try, try If we try, try, try 